the anxious American, whose pockets bulged with tissues and bug spray, sunscreen and sanitizer, allergy pills, iodine tablets, and every other possible necessity for staying alive. Doesn't look like a very big lion, says Vivian, leaning in to study the print. Maybe a female, do you think? Male or female, they can both kill you, says Elliot. Sylvia gives him a playful slap. Ooh, are you scared? No, no. I just assumed that Johnny was exaggerating when he gave us that talk the first day. Stay in the jeep, stay in the tent, or you die. If you want to play it perfectly safe, Elliot, maybe you should have gone to the zoo instead, Richard says, and the blondes laugh at his cutting remark. All hail Richard, the alpha male. Just like the heroes he writes about in his novels, he's the man who takes charge and saves the day. Or thinks he is. Out here in the wild, he's really just another clueless Londoner. Yet he manages to sound like an expert at staying alive. It's yet another thing that irritates me this morning. On top of the fact I'm hungry, I didn't sleep well, and now the mosquitoes have found me. Mosquitoes always find me. Whenever I step outside, it's as if they can hear their dinner bell ring, and already I'm slapping at my neck and face. Richard calls out to the African tracker, Clarence, come here. Look what came through camp last night. Clarence has been sipping coffee by the campfire with Mr. and Mrs. Matsunaga. Now he ambles toward us, carrying his tin coffee cup, and crouches down to look at the footprint. It's fresh, says Richard, the new bush expert. The lion must have come through just last night. Not a lion, says Clarence. He squints up at us, his ebony face a gleam in the morning sun. Leopard. How can you be so sure? It's just one paw print. Clarence sketches the air above the print. You see, this is the front paw. The shape is round like a leopard's. He rises and scans the area. And it is only one animal, so this one hunts alone. Yes, this is a leopard. As the sun lifts higher, washing out the shadows that so clearly defined the paw print, the others snap photos, racing against the brightening glare. I move into the shade. But even here, out of the sun, I feel sweat trickle from my armpits. Already the heat is building. Every day in the bush is hot. Now you see why I tell you to stay in your tents at night, Johnny Posthumus says. Our bush guide has approached so quietly that I didn't hear him returning from the river. I turned to see Johnny standing right behind me. Such a grim-sounding name, Posthumus. But he told us it's a common enough surname among Afrikaans settlers, from which he's descended. In his features, I see the bloodline of his sturdy Dutch ancestors. He has sun-streaked blonde hair, blue eyes, and tree-trunk legs that are deeply tanned in khaki shorts. Mosquitoes don't seem to bother him, nor does the heat, and he wears no hat, slathers on no repellent. Growing up in Africa has toughened his hide immunized him against its discomforts. She came through here just before dawn, Johnny says, and points to a thicket on the periphery of our camp. Stepped out of those bushes, strolled toward the fire, and looked me over. Gorgeous girl, big and healthy. I'm astonished by how calm he is. You actually saw her? I was out here building the fire for breakfast when she showed up. What did you do? I did what I've told all of you to do in that situation. I stood tall, gave her a good view of my face. Prey animals, such as zebras and antelope, 
have eyes at the sides of their heads, but a predator's eyes face forward. Always show the cat your face. Let her see where your eyes are, and she'll know you're a predator too. She'll think twice before attacking. Johnny looks around at the seven clients who are paying him to keep them alive in this remote place. Remember that, eh? We'll see more big cats as we go deeper into the bush. Face them straight on, and whatever you do, don't run. You'll have a better chance of surviving. By noon, we're packed up and ready to push deeper into the wild. Johnny drives the truck while Clarence rides in the tracker's seat, which juts out in front of the bumper. There are no roads at all out here. We're three days' drive from the bush landing strip where we were dropped off, and we've spotted no other vehicles in this wilderness. Wilderness was not something I actually believed in four months ago, sitting in our London flat.